Hey, thanks for listening to the NIL Show, a Campus Inc. production. You can catch us on YouTube, anywhere you listen to your favorite podcasts, and on a campus near you. If you're out there interested in being a guest or having an NIL store for your campus merch, find us on any social channel or email. Awesome. What's up, everybody? Uh, I'm Adam. There's Sean. That's Steven over there. That means this is another episode of the NIL Show. Uh, we are joined by Sam Green today. A little bit of a unique, uh, a, a unique show this morning, fellas, because we have Sam, who we'll get into her background, but she is an incredible content creator, an incredible media personality. And here we are recording on the road when I am ill-prepared uh, for a backdrop, but we are very festive today with, with the hotel lobby backdrop. So uh, Adam, how, how where, are you guys are you doing? Yeah, we are, Stephen and I uh, are both in, in Vegas, so we did a little a little coordinating today. Uh, he got the room, I got kicked out to the lobby, that's the deal when he when made the CEO. We're in Las Vegas, we're at the Sports Business Journal Intercollegiate Athletics Forum, so uh, I could not miss this particular recording with Sam though. So Sports Business Journal, you're going to have to wait, we got to talk to Sam. Um, how, how are you today, Sam? It's a pretty sick intro. I'm not going to lie. I mean, I'm taking over for SBJ. Like, that's pretty legit. I appreciate it. I'm doing good, guys. Thanks for taking the time. And uh, Charlie Baker speaking in like three hours. Wow. So well, I'm, up, I think, I'm up there on the list. <laughs> aren't they live patching this interview into the entire oh, uh, into the entire it, show? Exactly. Right? That's, what I, that's what I heard. Exactly. Yeah. They, they uh, actually bumped him. He was supposed to go this morning. Oh. They bumped him to the afternoon for this. So, yeah, uh, yeah appreciate it, NCAA. <laughs> Um, well, I want to I want to actually give a little bit of a, a proper intro to your background, Sam, because you are um, you're you're kind of a jack of all trades. So you know you you kind of known as the athlete's go to con- content creator, which is is awesome. I mean, we've seen you and your business just absolutely blow up and take off. You're partnered directly with Meta and their Empower program, but you have kind of a, a personal story about NIL that's that's really really fascinating. Um, you know, in college you were a dancer, actually got to be a professional dancer in the NBA uh, and then decided to pivot into to kind of brand management and, and media. Uh, but I think the, the most fascinating thing about your background is what you did with, uh, what is this, DJ Sammy G at the Children's Hospital? Oh, no, you, you found you got, me. You, you got to <laughs> tell us about DJ Sammy G. Yeah, so I was an intern in college at Ryan Seacrest Radio Station in Charlotte, right at Levine Children's Hospital. And my boss, Meredith, who um, had a very, really in-depth background, I guess learned a lot from her, specifically from the radio side, because I thought I wanted to get into sideline reporting. And so we all had our own shows, like everyone that got chosen for the internship that, you know, would be broadcasted out to all the pediatric patients. And so I wanted to get into sports reporting. And so I was like, all right, I'll, I'll do a sports show. And she she made us really all have DJ names. And so, you know, what better DJ name than DJ Sammy G? So I had a roll with it. <laughs> I love it. I love Release it. Release the uh, tapes. Where's the, yeah. where's the vault? She probably has it and she'll probably watch this. So we'll probably actually get access to that. <laughs> yeah, you can you can reach out to us, NIL store, adam.cook at Campus Studying. Send, send that footage. Oh, no, we we got to get that going. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, go ahead, Steven. No, I was going to say, so like, you know, it's interesting how careers get into NIL. We had the privilege of going to dinner last night with Mitt Winter. We all know is like the NIL lawyer that's like famous. 
we we're gonna start turn- charging him for for shout outs on this show <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah man if you're Add getting space, a referral yeah, if you're getting a referral, I want my I want my nil deal to be the winner. Your royalty. <laughs> yeah, uh, affiliate link. Click the link in bio if you need a good nil lawyer. Um, but anyways, it's interesting how people fall into this role um, or like have managed to just like get their way here. You are now the go-to uh, content creator for athletes. You're on campus. You're teaching athletes. Just recently, you're at Michigan State. How the heck did you get here, though? Like. Where did your path like pinball around to actually fall into the spot? Because I think that's really interesting. Yeah, that's a good question because I'm sure even for Mitt, right, like a lot of people in the space probably look at it and be like, wow, like how did you develop all of that kind of overnight? And if you really kind of peel back the layers, there's definitely years worth of work, maybe not specifically, obviously in the NIL with it only being out, you know, this is year three, but um, somewhere within, you know, the realm or the skill set that you're developing that really translates into the NIL. And that's really kind of my backstory. So since I left the NBA, I've been working in sports. I mean, all throughout college. I mean, I was reporting for the Panthers and the Hornets, sideline reporting for like SEC, ACC. And then it turned into, I became a video editor at ESPN. And I left there and learned how to do it all from my phone so that then I could teach professional athletes actually how to do it. And so I was teaching pro athletes how to create content and land brand deals and create you know the content for those partnerships so it's literally what I'm doing now but you know for college athletes and I could go on and on I mean you know I got my master's in media psychology so it's kind of like backed by my education I did the first ever NIL study um, so just really grinding to be honest like I just have a love and a passion for helping athletes in general and I have a love and a passion for media and so I just got really, really like blessed that the NIL happened because it was like all of my worlds, all of these skills that I've been randomly accumulating over the years came together into one industry. And so I keep telling people it's my dream industry and I'm not kidding. Like I say, like, I felt like it was made for me because, you know, it really is like everything that I've been doing for the past decade. And you really had an inflection moment as you sort of look back because you were uh, on the dance team for the Charlotte Hornets. You were 19 years old. Uh, really, really cool opportunity for you. You have this platform, but you look back with a little bit of regret, right? Because you were like, I wish I had known how to build that platform. Can you describe that? 100%. So uh, now with NIL, it really opened up my eyes to what I could have built while I was on the team. To be honest, I probably would have stayed and danced a couple more years even because it would have really built into a business and a platform and supported what I'm even doing. Like back then, social media wasn't really as big, or at least I didn't take advantage of it to its fullest. I mean, I'm pretty sure Instagram may have even borderline been still photos back then. I mean, we're talking, you know, I'm like archaic now, but um, nah, you, Adam, Adam, Adam didn't get a cell phone until he was like, you know, all right, sophomore in college. <laughs> Look, Sam's so telling good. a really that's, compelling that's, story that's, here. That's living under a rock, Adam. That's not archaic. Um, it was the dark <laughs> ages, guys. That's like it was the dark star, ages. yeah. Um, so, uh, but back then, like, you know, I actually like deleted the account when I left the team. Like, that is my biggest hardcore regret. Like, I just kind of got burnt out on being kind of in front of the camera in front of the limelight with the dance team like I just kind of wanted to like go off the grid but did, why did I have to delete the Instagram account like once you click delete like it's gone forever it wasn't like I just like <laughs> deactivated it right and so it's my hardest regret I lost that entire fan base you know that I had right in front of me and so that's really what I'm trying to teach these athletes like 
the ones that are just sitting back and they have a fan base right there. People that care about them that will never truly like know their name or care once they're done in their sport, or at least it's going to be 10 times harder to get them to care is like really why I'm passionate about this because I can only imagine, you know, the brand that I would have had if I kept kind of wow. into it. So, okay. Transitioning that, to, that's such an interesting story. So athletes do not delete your Instagram. There no, you go. Don't, don't burn out. I tell them that uh, all the time. Like, you can, uh, what you can like put it on hold, but don't delete it. Um, yeah. Delete uh, the app and just ignore it. That's fine, but don't delete it. But I, I think something you said there right now is you have a window of time where people know you. When you leave here, depending on your career, you might kind of turn into a little bit of a nobody, right? Mm-hmm. Um, how many athletes think that they're going to be famous forever? Do you think that's like a... Mis- <laughs> that's a good I don't question. Know. I think the top tier definitely do. I think, you know, like the... D2, D3 probably are, you know, a little bit more woken up to like the reality that, you know, they may not go pro or that, you know, they're not getting all of the media attention. But I think the ones that are like actually in front of it really do, to be honest, or they at least don't realize that transition uh, because it's a hard transition to go from being a division one athlete in the limelight to then nothing. So how quickly do you see that drop off after they graduate if they don't go pro? it really depends on how much they built built their brand or not. I mean, if they've built their brand, like there's athletes that can do whatever they want because they really built that brand. I mean, Anna Camden's going to be the perfect example. She built this brand, transferred, gets completely injured at the one year that she's at the school and now she's graduating. But that girl's going to go on to be on ESPN and a sideline reporter probably immediately because she really dove into building her brand. But hmm. if you didn't build your brand, then odds are you maybe aren't even on the map to begin with. So the fall off is probably literally immediately that's such an interesting piece too of like you know you've got this window there are some people who really get it but you know i watching your work and what you do with schools is so awesome you go in and you work directly with the the teams themselves and i mean let's be real we know that that the market really is geared towards those top top percentage of athletes but there are opportunities for everybody so how do you like how do you get the athletes to to make that transition from, uh, I don't think it's for me. I'm not a content creator to somebody like Anna. Who's like, yeah, I'm, this is going to be, you know, my, my career path now. It's, uh, that's why I really did the NIL study that I did. So it was a neuromarketing study where I like tracked the eyes and the emotions, uh, of user generated advertisements that athletes made in comparison to professionally produced content. So everyone that viewed it, I was able to really like dive into, where their eyes were, how long they stayed on the advertisement and the emotion that was evoked from the advertisements. And I proved that a $50 ad of an athlete eating a protein bar and talking about it outperformed a, like, it's probably over a $50,000 Buick commercial with Kiki Rice in it. So I literally show them these two videos and show that, I mean, the kid's video was blurry. The audio was terrible. Him and his, like, uh, friend were trying the protein bar. They're in sweatpants. And, you know, you can just like hear him chewing the bar, like an advertisement <laughs> that you wouldn't think would perform well. And it not only outperformed the Butte commercial, it was the best performing advertisement. I just really try and show them that NIL really is for everyone if you're willing to put yourself out there. It is a big, the biggest thing is like the fear, like the fear of uh, what people will think or the fear that my content's not good enough or the fear a lot of athletes think nobody's going to care about their content. And so I really work hard with them on like showing them like, 
that it's possible. Like there's even stupid accounts out there that go viral, you know, like anyone can truly like take advantage of it. And if anyone should, it should be these athletes. Sam, when you, okay, that was really, really interesting. You're comparing an athlete's content, like super raw, bad video to a Buick commercial. Um, why do you think that is? Do you think it's because of the amount of followers they have, the engaged amount of followers, because it's a personal account? Like brands listening to this are like, should I spend a ton on a huge agency to make me all this creative? Or can I give an athlete 100 or 200 bucks to do something for me? You're saying, you know, the la- like pay-, pay an athlete to do it. Why is that? What is happening in the world of Instagram that makes those videos better? Definitely the relatability piece. So while I'm watching his advertisement, he's down to earth. I can get it. There's actually like a subconscious thing that I studied where he tapped into like the senses. And so like the taste, the touch, the smell actually like caught our attention and our brain is able to kind of like understand it. There's also a thing where if there's too much going on, our brains get super confused. So actually in a lot of these like really high end commercials, there's a ton of effects. There's a lot going on. A lot of people are far away from the camera and our brains actually can't even process that. So we kind of like tend to lose the interest in it and we probably are scrolling our phones versus this kid it's kind of slow i can relate to him but it's also like the emotion provoked so for some reason this kid provoked a extreme high level of happiness while people were watching it and it's funny when i play it in a room full of even college football players i'll look around and they all kind of have smiles on their faces and it's like wow like i can literally see like the data and the analytics like in person so It's kind of a lot of different things. It's, you know, truly like what people say, like telling a story or the emotion provoked from it. And um, also the, you know, the senses, just like things that you can understand uh, subconsciously too. Sean, I want to ask you something. So Sean was formerly the SID for Maryland basketball. You said to me once you tracked everyone's social media or either while you were recruiting them or while they were in season. How much of it was like... How many of them were actually leaning into running a real account versus like just kind of like having fun with it? Like how many of them took their social seriously when you were alongside them? I was PR guy for Maryland basketball 2018 to 21. So it was a little pre NIL. Um, and I would say very few. Took, it was very much their, their personal page. Uh, very few were uh intentionally trying to be content creators at that time um there was a handful of kids but yeah we would uh anytime a kid signed with us or we got a recruit to commit first thing i was doing was me and our team we were searching all the bad words on their twitter account uh looking through their instagram because the last thing that i wanted was for them to hit a game-winning shot have the biggest moment of their life and some jerk on the internet is looking in their history and is finding a way to tear them down and ruins that massive moment for them that was kind of why i did it it was also partly to protect the school too we wanted to make sure that he wasn't saying anything bad as well but that was really why i was doing it i i didn't want them to lose that moment um so talk to you sean yeah yeah well i i hope everybody does it i think it's really important but yeah i i'm i'm curious sam what what trends you're seeing in this um space I I think early on from we what we've seen females much more open to creating content. I'm curious if you're seeing males starting to open up a little bit more if it's become a little bit more socially acceptable in the locker room, but also 
also from an age standpoint, like our, as each class comes in, are our kids more open to it from a gender and age standpoint? What are you seeing? So age standpoint, I think the younger, the more educated already. I keep telling people, everybody thinks this is like, oh, this is NIL. We don't even know what NIL is about to be when this YouTube generation comes up. These kids that were born on iPads, like watching iPads and watching content. I mean, when I ask my nephews what they want to be when they grow up, they say YouTubers. That was not a thing Mr. ever. Mr. Beast. Yeah, when we grew up. And so I think truly like kids are about to play sports to dive into the NIL. I think we're literally going to have like a reverse approach. Like my nephews are out there playing baseball. It's all about the eye black. It, I mean, it's all about, you know, the Drip content. It is, yeah. The backflips. Um, so the younger they are, the more knowledgeable they're going to be. And the more willing to be honest, I think they're going to be. But right now, freshmen are still a little hesitant. They're a little bit overwhelmed. They think they have a lot of time. So they'll, they take they take their time. I feel like they like really ease into it. They just kind of want to know. But then once they're like comfortable and they land a few, they're like, boom, off to the races. Um, a lot of the like seniors, I feel like want to kind of land bigger deals, like just land a couple before they graduate. You know what I mean? To be able to kind of like claim it on their resume and leave. Um, but the men are definitely stepping up. I'll say from year one to where we are right now, I feel like, I mean, the amount of football players I've helped this year when probably year one, I it, it probably would have been like me begging to work with one, to be honest. So I think everyone's kind of coming around. It's really becoming acceptable. Athletes are also getting a groove for like how to attack it. Like once you learn how to attack it, you realize like it's not as time consuming or as difficult as what you think. So, so I want to, I want to drill into that a little bit because you're, you're so good at this education piece. And frankly, like I've learned stuff about my content, literally just from following you on Instagram. Mm -hmm. So when you talk about, okay, they can learn about what it is. They can learn how to activate. What are your like top tools when, when you go in, in an athlete, let's say an athlete reaches out to you, you have like your, you know, open hours and things like that. How do I get started? What are the first like kind of litmus test checks you have? Hey, do you have this app on your phone? Are you doing this thing? Uh, you know, start with this low-hanging fruit. How do you, how do you check in with an athlete to see where they're at? Step number one is you have to download the CapCut app, and athletes that know me would laugh at it because it's like I brainwash it into their heads. Because uh, when I was working at ESPN, everything I did there on expensive software and eight-hour shift, I do completely from my phone on CapCut, and they also have an easy desktop version. So there's truly no need for this expensive Premiere Pro or Final Cut anymore, like at least not for what they need and for serving their purposes. But every video I have on my Instagram is from my phone. Um, and so that's step number one. And then step number two, I tell them immediately, you do not even need to worry about landing a deal right away. You look around and you pick up the products that are in your daily routine and you go tap into your life as a student athlete and you showcase it and you tag the crap out of brands. Hmm. One of my athletes in my Instagram subscription reached out to me has probably 4,000 followers and said, how do I land Quest Nutrition? And they have a million followers. And I said, you don't wait. If you genuinely love it that much, go do it. And she did it. And I set her up with all the features and functions on social media, like sending the brand a collab invite without even asking them if they'd be willing to post it. And they accepted it. Now she tapped into their millions of followers. And you upload it on Instagram. You tag them. You tag the products. Boom. It literally turned into first a product deal and then a cash deal. Wow. So you're you're just like 
literally arming them like they're going to battle like here are the four things you need to do start doing this for the next two weeks until you do that don't talk to me like come back and it works and they do it and it's almost like you're you know it almost seems like there needs to be a sam on every campus and every like because you know it's the same as a nutritionist it's the same as a trainer it's the same as a psychologist it's the same as you know like massage therapy like this is a new thing that athletes need at they need this resource all the time are you seeing so there's your plug that every school should hire you you to come on board Uh, uh, (laughs) are you seeing schools start to take an intentional approach about educating them for this like as far as hiring someone full-time to just work on this with them like has it come to that yet yeah and to be honest i've had a few offers for even just team specific full-time. Um, I just want to be able to help as many athletes as possible before my head kind of goes there right now, but um, 100%. And But they're being way more intentional about who. I noticed when NIL first popped up, it was kind of like a mad frenzy of just like hiring people within the NIL industry. And now like they're taking a step back and realizing like, okay, we know what our athletes need now. Who can actually like fulfill that? So for sure. Huh. Interesting. Are you talking to coaches also? Mm-hmm. Are they interested? Yeah. Yes. And sometimes they'll be the ones to like go to, you know, war for their players to kind of get these resources because they know, you know, they're missing out on, you know, they're waiting on the transfer portal and they want to be able to get new guys in too. And they want their current guys to be able to succeed and to stay. Have you seen teams be like, this is a distraction right now? Like, we don't need to be worrying about this. Like, have you seen both sides of the spectrum of adoption versus like kind of reject, not rejecting it? Um, but, I would know. say head some head coaches, um, and particularly if they're losing bad, um, mm-hmm. like if their record is really bad, like they just like are like, I just need them to at least get this right before we can go there. But there's always somebody on the team, whether it's an assistant coach or you know a trainer. That's the like die heart and wants it. Yeah, for them. We'd be like, we'd win if we had it, you know. Like, so well, I mean, what's your opinion there? Like take take a take a stance on that. Teams are, you know, doing poorly. Does NIL stop? Do brand deals stop? Like So if you're uneducated, I one hundred percent understand why you would think that. If you literally bring me in and I dumb this thing down for them, you'd be mind blown how little time it's like taking them. I had a girl tell me that CapCut changed her life like and she's been mass producing content because of it so if you know if you're educated and you know how to attack it they can substitute 10 minutes of scrolling on social media with 10 minutes of you know getting on these marketplaces and applying and pitching themselves and landing these deals like there's time it's a little bit of effort yes but once you know what you're doing it's not as big of a lift but but do you think that athletes don't do as well when their teams aren't doing as well? Like harder to get if your team's one and seven right now, gotcha. like in the basketball season. Obviously, coach is like, okay, this is a distraction. Sam's like, oh, you can still do a little bit. Do you think it's harder to win at NIL when your team? Not if you have sucks? a brand, right? Like if you're relying solely on you and your position as an athlete and your performance, and all you're posting is like really like game day highlights 
or, you know, carousels of you and your sick fit pics, like then, yeah, probably. Um, but for the ones that are really creating a brand and establishing, like letting their audience in and get to know them outside of, you know, them as the player. Absolutely not. I mean, I just was proving that kind of Michigan State. Adam did his first fit check yesterday. Let's go. Yeah, you'll have to, uh, we'll have to yes. share it with you. You can, you can break down the film. I'm sure it's very poor. Uh, so lots wow, of you guys, you guys are guaranteed to have good t-shirts. I mean, <laughs> yeah, that's what people will buy. People will buy my shirts. Yes, yeah. nice. Adam, you're gonna <laughs> say something. Sorry, but uh, no, it's that's we were talking about that. We're like, you know, when you go to sports conferences, there's a specific balance of like, like business swagger. It's like not business formal. It's not business mm. casual. It's like business swagger. You know, you gotta strike that balance. So. It's um, my favorite balance, to be honest. I don't know why. Like, I don't care about what I look like outside of like business conferences. But for business conferences, I will spend a week planning out my outfits. So, dude, the the I think the greatest thing to happen to business conference attire is the shoe game kicking up. Oh, because that's my favorite thing too. No, so I every university I go to, I get a pair of shoes with the school's colors, and then the outfit is planned according to the shoes. Always, I I love it. We Sam we should know what she's doing. This yeah. is a new Instagram account. We should start like like uh, like Ooh. conference conference sneaks or something. NIL like that. specific though. Yeah, you heard it here first. Buy it, buy it, and I all that shoes. Um, I probably so I, already. Wait, I have I have a real question. I mean, these were real I, wait, questions, but I do have nil dot fit. By the way, Sam, you should take it. Oh, <laughs> yes, please. I'll send all right. you proceeds. Um, cost you. Okay, so uh, I got I got to uncover this. Oh, okay, so you have been. You know, there's a lot of people that have popped up in NIL and, and a lot of people have fizzled out. You're one of the OGs that as things have kind of stabilized, like, you know, we talk all the time, like the cream rises to the top, like people who are providing real value, um, doing things the right way, like they're going to stick around. You've been in the industry since since the start. What's like one of your favorite things that you've seen happen um, in NIL? And it can be. It can be an activation that you've done or just mm -hmm. a, maybe a direction that you've seen NIL start to stabilize. But what what makes what's been really exciting to you about about watching the NIL space evolve? I think the innovation that these schools are willing to do and kind of invest into their athletes like Michigan State, for example, we went I went and. The Marriott sponsored me and sponsored the athletes and in exchange for five pieces of content. The Marriott's putting up their families for four free nights to fly in and watch any one of their games like throughout the season. And so like, oh, cool. what a creative deal, you know? And so um, I'm working secretly. I can't truly announce it yet with like Florida state on something like a whole, you know, new activation that like I've never thought of or been a part of. And so the innovation that they're willing to do. And then like, we're tying the education to all of this is like super exciting. It's really when interesting. I Go ahead, Sean. I was going to, no, I was I was going to say when I, when I think about when I think about schools and you mentioned Michigan State doing a great job when I think about schools that are best servicing their athletes from a brand building standpoint to me there's one program that stands out and they've been at the top for a long time and that's Duke men's mm. basketball and I'm down the road you know their social media is insane and it pains me it pains me as a Maryland mm. guy because we don't like Duke We're, we've been out of the ACC for 10 years now 12 years now we still <laughs> don't like it. Duke we never will sorry but <laughs> I still follow them on Instagram because they, yeah. what they do is incredible. Um, Sam, you can talk about what, what do they do that, that sets them apart from any other program? 
they really showcase their athletes. Like they really do. Like even the women's team, I did a green screen the other day of a transition that they did like swipe in their jerseys. Like they're just so creative. And I think, you know, whoever the social team needs a raise, like if you're hearing <laughs> this do like they deserve it. Um, it, it must be like every single post is crafted with the athlete first in mind versus how can we show off our program is kind of like the difference that I see. So then we feel kind of like a buy-in to these athletes, even if it kills you. <laughs> it kills me. And they have the podcast too. Like they, one of the players, they, they, they have a podcast though. I, I think Ryan Kelly hosts it. Uh, I, I mean, might be wrong in the name, but it's they, like, they, go ahead, Steven. I think what's really interesting is they're like, okay, we're going to be, yes, we are a social media page. We're going to act like a content company. We're going to mm -hmm. own the, yeah. we're going to like yeah. some of the best advice I've gotten from guys that have been at overtime and, you know, some of these companies, like if you're going to do something, own the community, mm -hmm. um, own the community, own the content, own the value. And like Duke basketball has entertainment value for what it is, but if they can go behind the scenes of the players, if they can do a podcast, if they can do like, house of highlights kind of things mm -hmm. like that are very organic every other school that is just doing the typical social media marketing is going to look at that and be like wow that looks like a party all the time what mm -hmm. the heck um that's something like i don't know sean we we challenge ourselves with every yeah. day is, is how do you how do you own it i'm curious sam you talked about like a deal that was in kind so like marriott is giving each player four free nights in exchange for content how does something get, I think in-kind deals are amazing. So in-kind was like kind of tradesy. Uh, how do you craft that? How did that deal come together? What was the anatomy of it? Was it Marriott? Was it the school? Walk us through, yeah, dissect that deal. Um, Darian Harris at Michigan State's absolutely incredible. He started out really overseeing like NIL, like the football team specifically. And then he got, you know, really over like the whole student body over player development now. So He's super creative. I met him at the summit two years ago and we've been talking probably like monthly ever since of knowing that we wanted to do something bigger and kind of something that would benefit. We both really are pride ourselves in benefiting the athlete, like not just ourselves, like how can we truly like vouch for them and get them something like good, right? Like they deserve it. They're doing the hard work. So we just kind of like started talking and kind of building this thing out. They had um, their NIL night event that they had done the year before that we wanted to tie to it. So uh, the AC Marriott was brand new, right near campus. So that's really kind of where that idea came up was because it's like, all right, they're new, like maybe they'd be interested. But uh, it was kind of Darian and I spearheading it and just approaching the hotel directly. Are you are you seeing brands be more open to like that in kind stuff? Because I mean, let's be real. Sometimes it's a little hit or miss. You don't necessarily know what you're going to get if you're a brand mm -hmm. uh, working with college students versus working with, you know, pros who maybe have, you know, years of media training or agents and things like that. So are, do you see a lot of these bigger brands being excited about and open to this in kind stuff that's maybe a, less of a cash position for them? Well, to be honest, like the reason why she was interested was because she knew the education piece was there. So she hosts the, sorry, the head, Corey from the Marriott, she, um, they let me hold like my actual content workshop there. And the education that I was teaching was how to actually make their advertisement for the Marriott. So they walked out of there with ball and content because they just learned how. So they were very inclined because the education came with it. They knew they were going to get a lot out of it. So I feel That's like. It's kind of genius. 
thank you. <laughs> um, so that's kind of like, I don't know, like, I feel like a lot of the bigger brands still really want like, as long as there's like really high end production, and it's like a top tier athlete, they're inclined, but doing kind of like a team. I mean, this was like across teams, like it was like 30 athletes from every single sport from the school. That's kind of rare. But it's because she knew I was holding their hand that they're like, duh. Well, okay, let's if you think about that, like how many athletes came to do that workshop with you? 30 at that one. And then we had like a second one too. Okay. So Marriott gives you a free room for the afternoon. I don't know, probably 500, $1,000 room. Um, then they bring in an expert content producer, bring in 30 people in there to then create four videos each. I don't know if they did four videos each. They're going to get 120 pieces of content for this hotel yep. in at Michigan State. They literally have content for the next three years. <laughs> And every other hotel in town is going to be like, yep, damn it. Are the more the football team keeps posting about yeah. this, right? That is how a small business in a matter of minutes can just wreck through their home, through that, that campus town. Um, I think there's a lot of genius there. I, I think, I think Adam, to your point in kind is easier. I do in kind over giving people money. hundred percent. Yeah. So yeah, that's, I, I, that's super it, cool. It's a new, I, I think it's a new way for, for brands to think about partnering though. Right. Cause mm -hmm. you know, you, you, you have this conversation first of all, and again, they're used to cash deals. They're used to saying, well, I have to pay for marketing. Right. And it's like, well, no, like let's, let's be creative about this. Right. Like how, how can we actually leverage new opportunities? How can we leverage maybe those smaller, more organic wins that now we're circling all the way back to your uh, master's thesis, Sam, is actually more authentic, you know, more on brand for the athlete themselves and creates an organic reach to their local community, which now those families are also going to be, I'm sure, Marriott diehards, um, yep. you know, when they're on the road visiting family. So that's, that's, that's super. Uh, so Sam, can we talk about paid content for a second? Do you ever encourage athletes, a lot of these athletes turn their into business accounts, do you ever push them to actually boost posts and do paid? No, and I'll tell you why. Because a lot of brands will be willing to put the paid money towards their advertisements for them. So tie it to your NIL deal. Don't do it yourself. Interesting. Interesting. Oh, mic drop. Sam, um, you know, there's a lot of schools that like we overlap at and you've helped a lot of our athletes out and we've seen some awesome things we're obviously running all of these social accounts for all you know all these different nil stores what tips can you give help NIL us <laughs> what tips can you give NIL that you've seen you know you've seen us kind of do this for the last two two years all organically no paid ads here what tips can you give athletes for their merch and for their locker room you know what i love this and i actually really want more athletes are really like picking up steam with their merch lines. Like a lot of them are noticing are like aware of companies like yourself and like buying into it way more. By the way, there's no better company than you guys. But um, I really do want to start diving into that. But it, it would be like, honestly, like rock your merch all the freaking time. Like be your own billboard. Like anytime you're doing a day in the life, why are you in a random t-shirt? Put your freaking t-shirt on, you know, like incorporate it everywhere. Like be your own business front really would be my best advice because think about all the content that they're filming and if they were guaranteed to have their own shirts on I mean boom you know and then 
you guys are aren't you linked through instagram i was, I was just about to ask you that uh sam so if you're wearing your own merch and then you're recording your own content um how how would you sam maybe link that product to would, would you would you maybe link that product to the video and 100%. say hey you can buy this shirt and right every now? single video i would do it and like even if you don't even if you don't mention it in every single caption, hey, buy my shirt, if you're linking these shopping links in every single post, like there's guaranteed to be at least promotion and advertisement around it. And then the same thing with Instagram story. Instagram stories is a really good engagement tool because it is uh, goes directly out to your current following. So I really preach that using all of Instagram story features increases your engagement. So it goes from people just viewing your story to actually being able to click and engage with it like shopping links. So why the heck would you not be uploading Instagram stories and linking your own merch line? Like it blows my mind. And now that I'm thinking about it, like I never even see the athletes that have merch lines linking their own stuff or even wearing it. We did a, we did a whole thing with meta last winter um, where it was, it was selling through reels where athletes mm -hmm. could actually tag their products in reels or mm -hmm. in, in live, I think, and people could buy through live. Wow. Yeah. Live um, shopping moments. But if athletes want, they can collaborate with us or they can literally tag those products straight from the store, um, and sell them right in line. Um, when athletes do that, like Gabe cups at Indiana, he did his own photo shoot. Sam, you got to cover Gabe. I don't know if okay. you're working with Indiana or not. Can Sean, can you talk about what Gabe did as a freshman? Yeah, I mean, he, it, it was just, and credit to our account managers, our creative team, they uh, worked with Gabe and, and his reps. And no, uh, the, the great thing about Gabe was he, he was totally bought in. And when you are genuine in what you are producing and when you have a brand or piece of merch that literally speaks to you and about you his was called the breakfast club because he gets I up knew every that's day who it was yeah four five a.m in the morning um that resonates um with your fan base and so his his did really well but um okay so i think probably the most important question of the whole pod sam is if you could sign an nil restaurant deal today not you know dance phenom sam uh not dj sammy g today <laughs> sam green signing your best all-time restaurant nil deal what would it be okay like i feel like if i'm me i want to be practical like i'm trying to eat healthier you know i'm not dancing anymore so we <laughs> like i stay healthier so I feel like I need to be practical and something that I eat like literally all the time. And you guys may not even know it. It's called Viva Chicken. They have it here in Charlotte. They have a couple locations, but it's like technically Peruvian food, but it's not very authentic Peruvian food. It's like bomb chicken. They have like the best like chicken fried rice, which doesn't sound healthy, Ooh. but I promise you it is. And they have like these three signature sauces, like a green sauce that like, that'd be like my practical one. A strategic one, I don't know the restaurant name, but why I would want to sign with one. I have been trying for a long time to get Truff Hot Sauce's attention because it is 15 bucks a bottle. It. I actually know they're like, I met the owners years ago and I need to deal with them so bad because I put that literally, I'm going to like take Frank's hot sauce tagline and put it to Truff. Like I put that on everything that I need to deal with them and they work with certain restaurants that like will add truff to some of like their fancy meals on the menu. So if any restaurant wants to sign me that has truff, that'd be huge. 
the, <laughs> the consummate professional. You've got you've got an authentic local restaurant. You've got a national brand. <laughs> I bet you put that truff sauce on your Viva chicken. This is a match made in heaven, I guys. Do. Sam Green has got it dialed for you, guys. <laughs> We can uh, we can make you some merch for the campaign trail. Uh, I had yeah. some employees once make Sonic hot dog shirts and go make hot dogs on free hot dog day. So we got you. We we'll we do got you. And the tagline we're stealing yeah. from Frank's hot sauce. So um, perfect, Sam. This is this is amazing, and we're gonna have to do more of this because I think it's it's been really fascinating to see you work and and starting to see you do some amazing work uh, at some of the schools that we get to work with. So hopefully this is uh, it's just the beginning. Um, we started to have is. we started to have uh, like mid winter came back for for round two and it's like this is fun yeah so um, we appreciate we appreciate you you uh, you helping us out and, and chatting through things and this is fantastic appreciate you so. guys and all that you guys do for student athletes like let me plug you guys athletes if you don't have a merch line and you want one you got to go to these guys <laughs> love it Sweet. i love it well um i appreciate the time sam fascinating conversation as always looking forward to having you back on the show yes. looking forward to you know fans and followers you'll probably see some more collaborations between the nil store and sam green coming here uh and that's I, I mean i appreciate you listening dealing with the somebody's winning at the slots over here uh keep tuned <laughs> for next week we're going to recap SBJ Intercollegiate Athletics Forum. Oh, cool. uh, lots of great learnings here. So stick around. Keep listening. I'm Adam. That's Sean. There's Steven over there. That's been another episode of the NIO Show. Thanks, guys. Hi, everybody. Adam Cook from Campus Inc. in the NIL store. Want to say real quickly, thank you so much for listening and joining us on this journey. And as a reminder, if you ever need any custom merchandise, youth jerseys, camp t-shirts, whatever it may be, you can always find us at campus.inc. And of course, for all your NIL needs, nil.store. We're going to jump into the episode. I hope you enjoy.